good? What's good? We are back. Hello, with more shameless plugs and self-promotion because the internet allows us to do so. Yeah. Like, you know, like like crack dealers in the 80s, we're just working on what we're given. Yeah. So, you know, don't blame us. Blame the dude that invented the internet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, get, uh, let's get that algorithm some credit, too. Let's, let's get that algorithm on us, on our side. Yes, yes, indeed. This is the Black Streak Entertainment Podcast, where black culture and anime collide. I am Terry L. Ramey. And I am Justin Ramey. And, uh, you know, today we're going to pick back up. Um, so, we're, we're going to talk about some things. Uh, but uh, first, I got a question for you, Terry. What's that? What if, you know, the, the great Tyler Perry... Oh, what if he made? Guy, yeah. What if he made an anime production? He kind of did. When he made like uh, <laughs> I didn't know this existed until like recently. Me and Asia saw it. My wife. It came up like on on some streaming service. It was Medea the animated movie. It was animated, yes, <laughs> but it wasn't anime. It was animated. It was it was animated pretty well. Like it, it was it was actually I didn't watch it. It was I actually didn't. a good animation. Yeah, really good animation I didn't uh, watch for it, yeah. for for Tyler Perry. But I'm talking about anime. Now anime cheap. <laughs> yeah. Anime cheap to produce. Yeah. So you'd think that he would uh he would do a good job in um I, I I'm I'm not and I'm not talking about like hiring a studio to do it a professional anime uh, studio to do it. I'm talking about him in his own studio trying to do it himself himself <laughs> yeah Ooh, man. like hiring like you know, know inter- internet internet animators to, to do it i don't even know what you can draw no not like doing himself but like writing it himself oh I mean. writing it himself and uh and having and just hiring the 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 low the people who internet the internet uh animators who don't know their worth you 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 remember the anime i think it was from the 90s that somebody snuck into our Sailor Moon tapes that we bought called Marmalade, Marmalade Boy. Marmalade Boy, yeah. I imagine it'd be something like that. Oh. <laughs> except, you know, with with hood stuff. With with black people and, and the and the blackest, baldest man would be the villain. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be something like that. I mean, I'd watch it. I'd hate watch it, but <laughs> well, I'd, I'd watch, watch it. it too. So Tyler Perry, if you're listening, um Do an anime. Do an anime. I'll, I'll watch it. You'll have one you'll have one viewer here. Two. <laughs> yeah, you have two. two at least. <laughs> oh, and uh, and speaking of anime, which is what we talk about, we went to Japan a couple of years, and not for a couple of years, but we went we went a few couple, a couple of times. times. We went a couple of times, and the first time we went, uh, we went to Tokyo's uh, Akihabara, and uh, there was it. There was this building we went into. And I don't know if all the electronic buildings are like this. It was like a, um, I don't know if it was SoftMap or if it was some other random store, but it was an electronic, it was like a game entertainment store. Like they, they sold games and videos and stuff like that. And it's, a, it's like, you know, a tower. So you go, you, you go up, you can go up the tower. But you can't come down. But you can't come down. And we didn't Apparently. know how. Yeah. We weren't Japanese enough to know where the stairs were. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, we were stuck on this floor, and we were trying to get back out, we were trying to get out of the store, so we saw this line, this line of, um, <laughs> Japanese men, 
It, just just imagine if you guys remember January sixth. Just imagine those. <laughs> just, just imagine those stupid oath keepers, like you know, going go uh, holding each other and like uh, going and weaving in through a crowd and going out. They were on a mission. They were going somewhere. Yeah, so like, okay, up. maybe they were exiting. So we're like, let's follow them. So we followed them. We ended up like outside the building, but we were like on the on the stairwell. Like yeah, the, we were on the, the fire, fire escape. escape. We were on the fire escape. So we're like, what? And the dudes disappeared. Yeah, they disappeared. We don't know where they went. We don't know where they went. They went to they they, <laughs> they got speaking of isekai, like they they isekai'd out. They went to another world. But anyway, so then so then I just we decided okay, let's just let's go. I don't know why we went up. I think we went up. Yeah, we went up. I don't think there was a. Could we go down? I don't know. I don't. I don't think we could go down normally. Maybe I, I don't think know. our logic was maybe they went up, and there's a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was our logic. Yeah, that was a logic that that they went up to to go down. So we're so we're on the fire escape. We go we go up uh, the building, and then I open the door, and I just see a guy taking pictures, and I don't know what he's taking pictures of, but he was taking pictures like like he was like a there it was like a a photo studio, and I was like I'm sure I'm sure there's something nasty because the way the way these buildings are, if you ever been to Akihabara, um, like. For some reason in Tokyo, their 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 pornography is is like intermingled with everything else. But like the 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 higher you go in these buildings, the more adult it gets. So like well, he he was he was taking a picture of of something, and I I didn't want to know. So I opened <laughs> it, I looked at him, and I just closed it. I just closed the door. Like we're not going there. We're not going in there. So we didn't go in there, and then we went. So we were still in the fire escape. We just went down, and we went down to the to the you know the ground floor. And then we go into that door, and that was the back room of the of the place. That was the uh, stock room of the yeah. of the building. We just went to the stock room, and, we, yeah. and, and there was this dude back there. He said something to us in Japanese, which I'm assuming was along the lines of, "What are you, what are y'all doing in here?" Yeah, just two just two, two giant, giant black dudes, two giant black dudes in the back room of an anime store, and, and we just looked at it. We we just passed them by. To, to get out because we saw the light we saw the light to, to get out and, and we just passed him by and left and i'm sure that, that guy was so confused yeah i'm sure that man remembered that for the rest of his days because that is just awkward it's like 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 i said speaking of these guy you probably thought that we just teleported there because how, how we ended up back all the way in the back room he was probably wondering like what's going on so weird yes, sir we don't know either sir we don't know how we ended up here Okay, so uh, that was that. That I love that story. That that that's a true story that happened, and that's how it happened. So we're gonna we're gonna continue after this break with more anime stuff. Listeners, Black Streak Entertainment is developing Alien Up for Nintendo Switch and PC, and we're launching our Indiegogo campaign to fund the game on March fourth, twenty twenty four. Perks include having your name published in the game credits getting your Alien Up fan art included in the game, and we're even offering a perk where we'll make you into a background character. Register now to reserve your spot and get 50% off your launch day perk. Go to blackstreakanime.com perk and sign up to get started. Let's fund Alien Up. Play the Alien Up pre-alpha demo on Steam. And we're back with the Black Streak Entertainment Podcast. Um, Studio Ghibli is releasing a new movie at this point in time. 
by the time you see it, it probably has already been released. Yeah. Is it called The Boy and the Heron? Yeah. By the time you hear this, I mean, it, it's already been released. Yeah, we, we know what you mean. <laughs> um, I don't know much about it. The trailer, the animation looked amazing. Yep. As usual. Because it, because it was like, his last movie was that one airplane movie. Or the yeah. one about the airplane. Which we which we have, but I never watched. Yeah. It was, it was pretty good. It was more like a, it was a history type um, biography movie about a dude who created a, a war plane that, you know, probably shot down some American fighter pilots. You yeah. Know, but, you know, I'm, I'm not going to hold that against nah. him. Nah. We, we have Oppenheimer now, so, you know. You know, yeah. <laughs> it was probably an airplane that was used, you know, in the ally ship with the Nazis that the Japanese had. But, you know, we're not we're not going to hold that against Mr. Miyazaki. No. Um, and and that was that was gonna be his it, last, it was a, it was a good movie that was gonna be his last movie but then it, then his son took over and you know how that goes he, his son cannot make a movie a good movie. oh he took he took over Ghibli is that what happened no he was the main guy he was like uh, Miyazaki was done after oh that. so he came out of retirement yeah I thought he just never went away no like he did. Well, for the last five movies, when he said he was going to retire after Mononoke, and never did. Well, he probably never like officially <laughs> retired, but he's like, he's like, okay, this is my last one, and he just sat there and watched and waited until his son did something, and then he saw what his son does, he's like, I had to come back in, because because his son his son always messes up. If you ever see a Studio Ghibli movie, and you're like, what is this? This is this is not good. That, that and then you look at the credits, you see that his son made it, and you're like, oh, that's why. Like the the earwig and the witch. Or whatever that was that called. The computer one. Yeah, it was it was, it was a CGI movie, and people were like, "What?" And then and then when you watch it, you're like, "What?" It the movie starts when it ends. It's like, okay, now we're starting the movie. And then it just ends. It's like, okay, that was dumb. It it wasn't good. There was a movie with the cover was like a had a dragon on it, and that was the first Studio Ghibli movie that I hated. And I was like, and then years later, I figured out that his son made it. I'm like, oh, that's why. Mm-hmm. I forgot what it was even called. But uh, but yeah, Studio Ghibli is like for me, it's like the Disney of Japan. For me, it is. Uh, That's what it is. Because so, it has such good quality. It's like has the highest quality in uh, movie production. I don't, I don't even know if I even consider it anime. Yeah, it's its own thing. It's its own thing. It, it's it's like world class standalone. Yeah, it's its own thing. As they they come out with great stories like uh, My Neighbor Totoro and. Uh, Kiki's Delivery Service, which is like those those two movies are like in my top ten favorite films. Mononoke, yeah, there's Mononoke, Mononoke. is phenomenal. Like I remember watching it when it came out, and I thought it was cool. But then watching it as an adult, I'm like, man, this is like, this is this is like a Hollywood production, like a live action movie. The storytelling, yeah, so I can see that being made into a live action movie and being incredible. And animation is not easy. No. And that I, movie was definitely ahead of its time. I forgot it came out in the '90s. Watching it, yeah. So th- yeah, that studio definitely deserves all the praise it gets. Um, but uh, like we were saying in the last episode last week, uh, they do they do, they do do a lot of Japanese centric stories. But they but the other half of it is just European centric stories. Yeah, I mean Ghibli, that in itself is. European, like Ghibli was a was a car out of Italy. Oh, okay, yeah. So his, I think it's his favorite car. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's like you know there's Porco Rosso, there's uh, Kiki's Livery Service, uh, Arietti, 
Castle um, in the Sky. Castle in the Sky. Yeah, like yeah. Fantasy European setting. So, revolution. Uh, so them doing an uh, <laughs> an Afrocentric story would, would be probably be impossible. No. Uh, and and that's and that's the thing. It's like it's like Japan. J- uh, Japan loves to do. Um, white stories but they, they don't like to do black stories for some for whatever reason um but uh that that, that that's where i hold it against them with with the white with the white stories that they do yeah. uh they, they could do japanese stories all day i don't care even if they look white i don't care if they if, but as long as it's in japan they're doing <laughs> japanese stories okay fine they're japanese that makes yeah. sense but when they do white stuff i, I don't get it I don't get it either. I think, I mean, that's a whole deeper conversation. I think it goes into the um, the lie that people are fed that whiteness is the pinnacle of everything. Yeah. That is greater than even their own culture. Yeah. It, you know it, it's, I mean? it, it's because of the Hollywood machine, I think. Yeah. They're exposed to more Hollywood movies that are just, you know, white people. It's just white supremacy stuff. Yeah. And look, before anybody gets angry, white supremacy is not just burning crosses in people's yards and lynching lynching black folks. No. You can be a white supremacist and and push by pushing an image that whiteness is the pinnacle of beauty. Yeah. That's a white supremacist idea. Yeah. It has nothing to do with violence. It has nothing to do with brutality. But it's a white supremacist idea. White is better than everything else. Yeah. And I think they fall, the Japanese fall into that trap. You see it with, with their animation. I mean, most of their characters look white. Yeah. There ain't no, I guarantee you, there are no Japanese people running around with blonde hair and blue eyes. Not yeah. naturally. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, guarantee you. guarantee you. It's more likely that a black person would have that. Yeah, it's more likely you see a black one. Japanese Michael Ely. <laughs> it's more likely you see a black person with blue eyes than a Japanese person. That That, that ain't happening. Yeah. But uh, but like the Studio Ghibli movies, um, they 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 they've been going strong for years. And I remember when I was a kid, I first saw My Neighbor Totoro. I didn't know the Studio Ghibli movie. I was just too, I was too young to understand studios and all that. But I knew that I really liked it. And I think my parents still had the VHS that came out on. Um, yeah, that's the good version. Yeah, the twentieth century the Disney version, twentieth century Fox one. The uh, and then Disney took over Studio Ghibli. Like they they bought the rights for the United States, and then they just redubbed everything, and they did a really bad job with the uh, My Neighbor Totoro one. They did. I think the, the, and they had they had like two phenomenal. It, it was um you know who did the voices of um May and Satsuki? It was uh Dakota Fanning and her sister. Yeah, they, and it was just badly done. Yeah, it was badly done. It's it's like they and wasted like, money on, on celebrity actresses. Yeah, they wasted money on celebrity to to do non voice actor like they they're not voice actors, they're actors. So they 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 wanted to they they spent money on more money on actors than they did voice actors that did a better job. Yeah, and and then like after I don't know if their rights expired or what. But yeah, I think they did. But I'm glad it did because uh, I think Four Kids does do Studio uh, Ghibli stuff now, like publishing yeah. in the United States, and they're they're about be- Warner Brothers, isn't it? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it is. Oh, okay. That's why everything's on HBO or Max now. Oh, okay. Uh, so Warner Brothers, I think, owns Ghibli. I think they outright own it now because uh, 
after he finished that last movie that just came out, um, Miyazaki, he he actually sold it off to Studio Ghibli. Oh, okay. Warner Brothers owns the whole studio now. I see. Oh, okay. So he's retired, retired for real, which means he's probably, I hate to say it, he's probably on the verge of dying. Probably. He's almost, he's in his 80s. So, you yeah. know, he, he's given up the the very thing he worked his whole life doing. Probably because he's not in the best of health. Yeah. Because that to takes relax. a lot. Animation, especially at that caliber, it takes a lot of that, a lot of energy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that studio has a great <laughs> library. I think that if you want to get someone into anime, you, you could ease them into that because it's it's universally uh, easy to 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 digest because the storytelling is so good. Yeah. And it's not like overly com- comedic and overly uh, overly anime, I should say. Um, but yeah, that uh, Studio Ghibli is fantastic. We went to the Studio Ghibli Museum in Japan one time, and and that was really cool. Uh. They uh, also like um, if anybody if anybody ever seen like that uh, Nadia in the uh, Secret of Blue Water, I believe the first episode was uh, was co was co made with with someone from Studio Ghibli. I don't know if it's Miyazaki or what, but it 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 had a really big Miyazaki vibe, and and, and I looked it up the first episode of that. And I looked it up and I was like, and it said that, and I was like, oh okay, that makes sense. It it was very uh, it was very Studio Ghibli like. Oh, okay. Yeah, I love Studio Ghibli. So uh, so like I said, my neighbor Totoro is for for some reason not it's like nothing happens in the movie, but I loved it, and it, it and that's that's my number one Studio Ghibli movie. Then it's Kiki's Delivery Service, and then uh probably uh, Mononoke third, uh and yeah. then. I would have to say Mononoke is my my first, and then um, uh, Castle in the Sky would be my second, and man, it's a toss up between Kiki Monono or Kiki um, Tortoro and um, and Spirited Away. Oh right, Spirited Away. There's still, there's so many good ones, but. I know my 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 number my number one number two like I just said those those are definitely up there but the rest of them can just all be number three <laughs> like the Cat Returns was really good that wasn't a Miyazaki film but it was a Studio Ghibli film and I really like the Cat Returns that's a fantastic film uh but yeah so if if you guys want to get into get into more anime and you guys don't know Studio Ghibli for some for whatever reason they play in theaters around around the United States all the time. A lot uh, of movies are on Max. Yeah, a lot of movies are on Max. HBO Max. So, so check it out. All right, we're going to take a little break. And uh, before that, make sure y'all visit blackstreakentertainment.com slash join to gain exclusive access to Blackstreak anime, manga, games, and more. It's a good time. All right. Rolls are back. Back. We're back with more Black Streak Entertainment news. Yes, yes. So, so first of all, uh, when I was in high school, I got into manga making, and my first manga was Fiji Random, and then it developed into being the first manga of Black Streak Entertainment. Now, Fiji Random is a comedy. Slice of Life, uh, 
mix-up of random things about a gamer girl and the random world she lives in. Now, the unique thing about BG Random is, if you're familiar with Hope, or the Four Coma for, uh, format, like in Azumanga Daio or other gag manga, I think K-On had a Four Coma fo uh, uh, format where um, there's four panels and they're like vertical on top of each other and they tell a joke at the end. That's part of Feature Random. Uh, but there's a main narrative that's that goes on and those four comas are in, in, in the middle of the, the narratives. But those four coma uh, comics, they are just random events that happen in Fiji's life and, and, and the world around her. So it's not canonical with the main story. The main story is just regular manga format. You know, it's not in four panels. It's just uh, regular manga if you think of regular manga. So that's the unique thing about Fiji Random. Now, I was making that in high school. So I, that was back in the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. And before then, they didn't, we didn't have, you know, computer software that could make manga really well. Nope. They didn't even have, like, good, good drawing instruments for, for that. And I couldn't even afford it because I was in high school. So what I did was I actually got manga paper, real manga paper that they used to draw manga on, and real manga equipment, like, you know, pens, ink, and screen tones and all that. And I made that, and, and I made the first volume using that. So I I hustled to get that done. It doesn't look good. It looks it looks <laughs> awful because I was I was I was learning as I as I go. So like you know the the first part of the manga looked bad and then the the end of it looked okay. So it it it, it was you could actually see the progression of it because I didn't make the manga in a day. It took me it took me like until uh, college to finish it. So uh, uh, it, it it's it's fantastic. It's it's very very funny. Uh, and hopefully I could re-release it, uh, with, uh, with the support of people like you who wants, who wants to read it. But if you, if you do want to read it, um, I, I do have it released on our Patreon. Yeah. We're so on our pay on the Black Streak Entertainment Patreon, some of the comic strips. We'll do a, uh, um, another re edition of it, um, a reprint edition. Um, I'm sure y'all can find them floating around on the internet, maybe on Amazon somewhere, uh, past edition, but we'll, we'll do a reprint one day. Yeah. And we did do physical releases of it. We sold all, we sold out of all of them. Now there's Feature Random Volume 1, and then there, there's the Garage Made, spe the Garage Made Special, which is a, uh, special separate comic. That's a sec separate side story, and it's fully colored. We sold out of those, too. So, uh... If you want to learn more about Fiji Random, just go to the Patreon and request more. Uh, uh, the uh, the thing about Fiji Random is um, the main character is uh, a half black girl, and uh, and the main main dude is a is a black guy, but the uh, the rest of the cast are either they're they're, they're lighter skinned. Um, I'm gonna change that later, but that like I told you before, back in back in the day, I was doing this with no computer stuff. I was doing this all by hand, and if you understand what screen tones are, screen tones are like you know the gray part of manga, the gray and dark gray parts, like the dots. You actually, it's actually a sticker sheet. They have to cut out with a knife 
and put onto the paper. A lot of work. That's a lot of work. And I was doing it by myself. And, like, you know, the great manga out there, the people who still do it naturally or the people who did it naturally back back in the day, they had teams to, to do that stuff. I was doing it by myself. So uh, to make every character dark-skinned would be a, a nightmare. And I had to pay for the right, screen tones. It would be expensive, too. Yes, I had to pay for the screen tones. <laughs> so that, that skin screen tone was the most you the, the skin that I used for Fiji and Saw, the two the, the, the two darker skin characters in the story. Um that was used the most. I went through a lot of sheets of that. So if every character was was, was that color, then that'd be a nightmare. And that and and that's why I don't, again, that's why I don't blame uh Japanese people for not having um darker skin characters in their stories a lot, because it just that would take too much work. To mm-hmm. to skin all the, to do all their skin, you just keep it, you just keep it blank and keep 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 it white if if they're lighter skin. So, but but nowadays, you know, you got computers, you just press the you just press the fill button and, and you'll fill it in. But uh, but yeah, if anybody has a question of why are there so many light skin characters in the story, it's like that's that's why it, it was just because of the screen the screen tone issue of doing it physically. But yeah, Fiji Ram was great. It's really funny. Yeah, slice of life. High school comedy. Yeah, that that the whole thing, the whole concept was inspired by Quentin Tarantino movies and um, Azumanga Daio and Sergeant Frog. So, so if you like those things, check it out. Yeah, look it up. And like, um, it's, it's you got you got to search for it because we don't have the comic printing right now, but the manga printing right now. But you know, we'll we'll bring it back one day. Yeah. All right, so we'll be back after a short break, and we'll talk about our topic for this week. The Black Streak Entertainment Podcast is going live. That's right. We'll be holding our first live stream event on Friday, January the 29th, where you will have VIP access to me and Justin. We'll be chatting directly with you. We're telling jokes, taking your questions, playing video links you share with us, and playing games for Black Streak prizes. If you've ever wanted to kick it with us, now's your chance. Tickets are on sale now at blackstreakentertainment.com event. Or you can gain free access to this and all future live stream events for two whole years when you join our members-only community at blackstreakentertainment.com plans. In addition to accessing our live stream for free, Membership perks include access to our private forums, access to bonus members-only podcast episodes, access to live stream anime watch-alongs with me and Terry, and so much more. Get your tickets now at blackstreakentertainment.com event, or gain free access to this and all future live stream events for two years when you join our members-only community at blackstreakentertainment.com plans. See you there. Back. We are back at Black Street Entertainment Podcast. Now, Terry, imagine this. You're you're just a kid, probably in high school. Mm-hmm. You go to the arcade, you look around. Ah, look, time crisis. Oh, House of the Dead too. Cool. Mm-hmm. And then you hear Boom 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 boom. Boom boom dollar. <laughs> you hear boom boom dollar. And you're like, oh man, I know what that is. You turn around, you see some guy with happy feet on the arcade known as DDR, Dance mm-hmm. Dance Revolution. Yep. 
Those were the days. Those, those were the days. And then DDR, after you know, a few years, it it uh, it stopped being the Japanese thing where you you can only import it at your home, and they come out with it on the PlayStation. Uh, PlayStation One, I think, was PS1. was was PS One Japanese was, only. Yeah, and, and you had the you had the rigger system. Two. Yeah, you had to get the, uh, the the thing, the rigger system, the um, what was it called? A um, converter. Yeah, or converter to stop the spring or whatever. But uh, but yeah, it um, the, and then you could then you bought a pad and then you could play DDR at home. Now, people who don't know what Dance Dance Revolution is, it's a rhythm game. Where there's arrows on the screen, and you and you have a controller at your feet, and you have to move your feet on the controller uh, when it's pro- when, when you're prompted to, and it was very fun. It was fun. And for some reason, Konami, Konami, the game system, I'm um, the the game, uh, you know, company, they just stopped. Mm-hmm. They don't make DDR anymore. Oh, really? No. Yeah. What was the last DDR game you heard of? There. Yeah, I come to think of it, no, I don't. I don't even know if they made it on PS3. I think they stopped doing it like after the Wii came out. Yeah, come to think of it, yeah. And um, I don't know why. Maybe the, like you know the easiest Arkham Razor uh, solution is is that you know rights maybe rights got ridiculous like you know, rights to music because the music was mostly like European stuff, yeah, like Euro pop dance yeah. stuff. And, Captain and, Jack. And, and maybe it's harder nowadays to get some kind of rhythm game like that going, but the replacement of those, uh, the replacement of that was the like you know the rock band and uh, Guitar Hero fade, uh, fad. Yeah. That that replaced DDR, but um, but the but before that DDR was the was the game that high schoolers played all the time. Yeah. That was a very fun game. And if I played it today, I probably wouldn't last one song. My my I don't think my feet could move that fast. That's why there were no fat nerds when we were going to high school. Yeah. They all played DDR. <laughs> it had great it had great music. Sweating and stinking. It had great stupid music. Uh it you could pick your character and they they never danced the mu- the music nope. very well. They just went through the motions. Um my favorite DDR game was DDR Max 2 for the PlayStation 2. They had the best music in there, in my opinion. And uh, for some reason, the like the controller pads that you buy, they would always get torn up because they, they were made not to... They're made of vinyl. Yeah, they are made of vinyl, and they were stitched poorly on the edge. And you had to like tape it to the floor cause, so you won't slip and slide and, and break your neck. And you had to play it with your socks on. Yeah, you had to play with your socks on, and it, it didn't it didn't translate very well at home. Maybe that's why they stopped. But they could have made a better controller if this was nowadays. Mm-hmm. But but even as an adult now, I can't imagine doing that in my home. I'd, I'd probably cause an earthquake. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. You got a fat kid playing. You do boom, 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 boom. Then the, yeah. you had the two arrows come up, or you had to jump. Boom. Yeah, yeah. There's two arrows on the like, side. You had to dude, jump. You're too big to be playing. This, man. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody remembers DDR, I have, I have such good memories of that game. That was a great party game. It was a great game. Uh, I'm sure there's some arcades that have them, but I haven't seen since arcades are dying. Uh, I haven't seen any uh, DDR or Pump It Up um, arcades lately. Maybe if you go to convention, like an anime convention, they'll definitely have them. But I think maybe because they have, they're they're, they're 
the maintenance on that would probably be a nightmare. Beautiful. Because, like I said, Konami doesn't support that anymore. So if the if you get a broken part or a part that's faulty, you're probably going to spend a lot of money to pay someone else to to get yeah, it from another machine. So, uh, so yeah, those are the days. Uh, DDR. Now they have um, they had it for years. Uh, like you know, a community of DDR enthusiasts have created their own DDR kind of game uh, called uh, Beat Mania. I think I think it's called Beat Mania. And oh, that's what that is. I thought it was like an actual game, Beat Mania. Hmm. That's a fan game. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. And because people make because people make the I I could be I could be wrong, but people make their own. Um, their own stages, so they had their own. They had they they had their own music video in the background. They they make their own patterns, and then you can play it just like DDR, but it's from your computer, oh, and it's okay. and it's free to play because it's community based. People upload their own songs, uh, or not their own songs, but you know songs that exist, and they just make their own patterns for it. I didn't know that because uh, I heard of Beat Mania, but I didn't know it was like a. a oh, never mind. Uh, yeah, I, I was wrong. Beat Mania was the uh, DJ simulator rhythm game. Oh, okay. That 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 game was good, but it, it it arrived in the United States way too late, and they only came out with one in the United States for for whatever reason. They made so many Beat Mania games in the PS One area. There was just so many, but they only came out with one on PS Two in the United States. Uh, I don't know what that game it was called that um I was talking about that DDR uh community-based game but there is one out there if someone knows let me know uh but it was very fun because it was just any game and people and and, and it kind of evo- it kind of evolved into another version which is like guitar hero but you could but but they put their own songs in it like k-pop songs and whatever so so yeah the like the community are keeping these rhythm games alive but uh for some reason konami doesn't want to do it they don't want to keep anything alive. Konami don't want to do anything. No, they just want to make pachinko slot machines. <laughs> uh, they they do have Silent Hill two coming out remake. Yeah, and Metal Gear Solid remake. 3. That's not going to be great. Why not? Because uh, the Silent Hill game is going to be outsourced, so it's going to be made by uh, a company that made this game called Medium. And that ga- I had that game. It's not good. Oh, <laughs> so it's they're they're just. Come on. And they already they already started. I forgot what it was called, but it was it was uh, Silent Hill something. It was Ascension maybe. It it's like it's like a uh, it's like a quarry game. It's like you know a story based game mm-hmm. where you make choices. Oh okay. But it but it's streamed, and everybody who's in the stream makes the choice, and it's episodic. So every episode is going to be different, or continue on with whether what people made that choice that week. But your choices are stronger if you pay. What? And 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 it's not and it's not interesting and it's not good and people are complaining about it's it. Like this stupid. Is, this is dumb. Just give me a regular game. Yeah, they they don't regular know what they're doing. I don't know. I don't know what clown or what what monkey they have at the typewriter of of Konami at the, at the main desk, but they make bad decisions all the time. Yeah, that's why he David Kojima left. Yeah. So and and they recently came out with a collection of Metal Gear Solid games again, and it was. It was it wasn't well perceived. It was bad, and I'm like, how could they mess that up? They already mess up a collection. They already of games. did that like multiple times. How they how they mess it up? <laughs> but yeah, Konami's weird. Remember when they were gonna make that? Uh, when Kojima was gonna do that Silent Hill game? Yeah, and they messed that PT. up. PT. Yeah, 
Yeah, and they messed something up somewhere. Dale Kojima doing a Silent Hill game. That would have been insane. Then like so That would have been one of the best games ever made. And then for some reason they didn't do it. I'm like, okay, they they're so weird. They are so weird. Left. They make the they make the wrong decisions all the time. Well, anyway, DDR, yes, it was great. Hopefully it comes back, it'll get more kids uh sweating again. <laughs> so uh Thanks for thanks for joining us on another episode of the Black Street Entertainment Podcast. Make sure y'all visit visit our website, blackstreetentertainment.com slash join to gain exclusive access to Black Street anime, manga, games, and more. Join our community. Yes. And remember, Boku no Kamini is the Yes.